Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome back to How We Work. I'm your host, Dr. Misha Ann Martin, and today we're looking ahead to the rest of 2023. To do that, I'm joined by How We Work producer Mike Love it. Mike, we are never in the same room together. I'm so excited. I'm so excited, too. What a way to start 2023. Yes. How are you feeling about this new year? You know, I'm feeling good. I've decided to come into this year with a state of zen and with a sense of agency. So I'm fired up and calm at the same time. I'm I'm, I'm loving it. That's a good achievable resolution. Mm -hmm, You're mm -hmm. coming in with a feeling, not necessarily like, I'm going to do this specific, tangible thing. Yes. I never thought I would hear these words come out of my mouth, but I think I just set an intention for 2023. (laughs) (laughs) Don't quote me on it, but I might have set an intention. Yeah. Well, I love it. I'm glad you're coming in with that energy, that vibe. That's great. I'm going to try to do the same thing. I like that. (laughs) All right. So, For this episode, I wanted to look back and you recently wrote a piece about 2023 trends. And I was like, oh, what a thing that everyone is doing right now. This is perfect. Let's talk about it because it is top of mind for so many people. But before we look ahead, I'd like to look back at 2022, which was quite a year. Remember quiet quitting? Oh my gosh, yes. It stole the headlines, quiet quitting. (laughs) Beyond that, what are some of the themes or aspects of 2022 that stand out to you? What will define 2022 when we look back at it? Oh my gosh, it will be the year when we did what we thought we couldn't do, for sure. So if we roll this thing a few years back, so many companies were saying, oh, these jobs can't be done remotely. 2022, I think, was the year that we really lived with the way that we challenged how work happened. And guess what? It was all fine. Not only did everybody survive, but things went well for individuals and for organizations as well. I think it was also a turning point. The year before that, we were way more in the thick of the COVID pandemic. And I think 2022 is where we started to turn the corner and socialize again and try to redefine what normal looked like for us. We started gathering, we started recovering. So yeah, I think we'll look back at 2022 as being a year of new things, a year of emergence, a year of the beginning of the post-pandemic era. And I struggle to say that because it feels like I'm jinxing it somehow. Yeah, the skepticism on your face right now cannot (laughs) be overstated. (laughs) But you're right. I think everyone got their feet under them a little bit. And not to spoil, we're going through some survey data right now for an upcoming research report. And without giving too much away, it was like, oh, things settled a bit. Correct. And we're starting to see the effects of that settling. And- Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's some really exciting stuff in there. So keep an eye out in uh, the March-April time frame for when that could be, because there's a lot of exciting stuff about just the depth of what we can do with remote work and the opportunities that opens up. Yeah, it reminds me of an apocalypse movie, you know, when Mm. people start to pop their heads up and look around. (laughs) That's what 2022 is like. Oh, civilization still here. That's right. Okay, so 
without looking too far ahead, I'd like to try and encapsulate the moment right now as we're ending 2022, beginning 2023. We did a survey, the Human Workplace Index. We survey a thousand U.S. employees every single month just to try and see what is top of mind for them. Mm-hmm. Right now, it is economic uncertainty, a looming recession. It just has people uneasy, mm-hmm. full stop. And that goes for everybody. One of the things that stood out to me of the last workplace index we did, 40% of workers in 2022, more than 40%, excuse me, had a side gig mm-hmm. in large part because of that economic uncertainty. Yep. Quit rates are still really high. Yep. People are looking to increase their wages, which typically happens for a new job. So for companies that are operating within this economic uncertainty. They don't want to see a bunch of people leave because they're looking for raises. What do they need to be doing right now to keep people there and keep people happy and engaged and wanting to work there? Yeah. So Christmas has passed, but employees are still watching to see whether you're naughty or nice. Mm -hmm. And so this is the time as employees are tightening their belts somewhat that employees are looking to see what's really important to you. For example, you said that diversity was really important to you. Are you going to cut your whole diversity team? One of the things companies need to be doing right now is making sure that the decisions they're making in this time of uncertainty is consistent with who they say they are. Because this is a big trust issue. This is a big trust moment. What are you cutting? How are you cutting if you're cutting and how are you handling that? Are you still treating people like people as you promised? Are you being transparent? And then for the people that remain, or even if you're not doing layoffs, you need to be right on the pulse of what your employees need. One of the things that causes me some consternation right now is that organizations are still asking the question, what does the business need? And I so fundamentally believe that that is the wrong question. You need to be asking and understanding what do your employees need? Because once they get what they need, the business gets what it needs, right? And so in order to understand what employees need, make sure that you're consulting your data, make sure that you have good data. So your continuous listening efforts, using your data in creative ways, like your recognition program, What are people supporting each other around? Because that might give you an idea of what their needs are and make sure that you remain focused on what your employees need. Because again, when they thrive, your business thrives. You sort of hinted at it, this tightening of purse strings, and it tends to be at the expense of these long-term building initiatives that just take time to mature it's so much about is just like, let's just get through the next couple of months. Let's just get through this storm. And that short-term thinking, it gets a little addictive because you see little wins and you just want to build those tiny short-term wins Mm -hmm. at the expense of long-term. But what effect does that have on employees when you sacrifice these long-term company-changing, people-changing things in the business Why might that be a bad idea, even if it's the conventional wisdom to focus on the short term? Yeah. So for one, our data tells us that when people see people quitting or leaving around them or getting terminated or laid off, 
they're much more likely to start seeking a job themselves. So it makes them uneasy and it makes them uncertain. But also you have to remember that with these behaviors and these choices, you're signaling. So if you're doing that, you're signaling that every day is different, right? And employees can't trust your long-term vision because every company has a long-term vision. And so you want employees to be committed to that. But if you're making short-term impulsive decisions, what you're showing your employees is that you are not committed to that. And so it creates this unvirtuous cycle where your employees are also thinking about you as temporary and thinking in the short term and not in the long term, which serves no one. So I know some of these decisions are tough. I know some of these decisions are necessary. I myself was laid off twice in one calendar year. And sometimes this has to happen. But you want to be very, very thoughtful about how you do it and what you communicate about it and maintain a sense of humanity. And we still care about our employees as you're making these decisions. Yeah. As I said, the quit rates are still really high and that cost a ton of money yeah, to replace I, I keep, all those people. I keep stalking the Bureau of Labor Statistics website, waiting for them to cool down and they're not cooling. No. Yeah. And it's, again, I joked that it was the year of the quiet quit, but the year before it was the great resignation. And we've talked about this multiple times. Yes. It is the same underlying issue. Oh yeah. You can give it a new name any way you want, but like you said, you got to take care of your people or they're ready to leave. And yeah, we keep it for two years now. We're like, oh, it'll come down though. I know. <laughs> Every <laughs> month I'm like, yeah. what is it going to look like this month? But it's so funny because in the news, we're seeing all these layoffs in tech. And we think that those layoffs are going to make people nervous. But the reality is tech is one sector. Mm -hmm. And so we hear about it so often that we think that it's a general thing, but it really isn't. If you look at the unemployment rates, if you look at the quit rates, the general trend still stands. Yeah. So I kind of hinted at this earlier. Speaking of long-term initiatives, Hybrid, remote work, part of that. Diversity, equity, inclusion, definitely part of that. Yes. You made a point in your 2023 trends that really did stop me in my reading tracks, which <laughs> is hybrid and remote work is part of your diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts. Yes. Can you tell us why? Absolutely. One of the best things about this How We Work gig is that I get to talk to all these different people that challenge my thinking and broaden my perspective. And one of those people is Cam Ward, CEO and founder of Black Men in Tech. Friend of the show. Friend of the show, friend of Work Human. And I credit him with pushing my thinking in terms of what I'm about to say. And what he said to me is, when you think about remote work, it is a way for Black people, people of color, to perhaps remain embedded in their communities, especially if your organization is at a point where they're not quite diverse and the location that you're sitting in, like Framingham, is not very diverse. So it's a way for you to incorporate diversity into your organization, but still keep people in those communities where their souls are fed. And I was like, oh my gosh, that is so true. Like maybe 
if I want this job, I don't have to move my family to Pittsburgh and put my kids in school where they don't see very many people that look like them. And it just clicked for me as soon as he said that. And then I started to think more broadly about it, looking at our data around who needs and wants flexibility, parents with kids at home, caretakers, right? So the more flexibility you have so that people can meet their personal needs, the more they will give to the organization. It's a simple behavioral principle called the norm of reciprocity. It's why when people give you a gift and you don't have one in return, you feel uncomfortable. So you give people what they need and oh my gosh, they reciprocate in terms of discretionary effort and loyalty to the company. I'm also thinking about people who are differently abled. They can have their workspace at work set up in exactly the way they need. If they have ADHD, the flexibility to structure their day. And so I think that flexibility and inclusion efforts are inextricably linked. And I hope that we see more of this conversation in 2023. Speaking of stalking the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, you (laughs) did. And there were 5.7 million individuals with a disability employed in October 22, which is up 2 million from yes. April 2020. And those are just people who have disclosed their disability. Right. And so I actually think that that number is much higher. Yeah, this is something I'm hoping to explore more on the show this year is we talk a lot about intersections. Yes. And there's one of the big ones I was recently working on is psychological safety, diversity, equity, and inclusion, which is Absolutely. a pretty like easy one to make. You can kind of see how those two fit together. This is one where you have to go a few levels down, begin to see the depth of these benefits that it can do. It's like you can make your company more diverse by making it more flexible. You can take stress off of people by making it more flexible. So I'm excited. This stat really blew me away. Even neurodivergence, right? Yeah. Or social anxiety. The possibilities are endless here. Yeah. I'm excited. One question I want to end on here. So there is a tendency with the new year to be like out with the old and with the new. However, I don't think it always works that way. (laughs) You kind of hinted at it at the beginning. What do you think went well Mm -hmm. at work in 2022 that you want to see carry into 2023? Yeah, I think in 2022, we committed to our challenged assumptions of how we work. Right. So as I said before, before the pandemic, so many companies were resistant to remote work and people even thought that some jobs, oh, we can't, we can't do it that way. And so we've had to deconstruct the workplace and think about, okay, so we know that there are advantages to getting in person. How can we get those advantages while keeping the advantage of heads down time for people who need it? and we came up with hybrid working, I would like for us to continue with that same energy. But what I'm seeing with hybrid work is people thinking, oh, it's the best of both worlds. I'd like for us to take that a little bit further. When do we come into the office? Why? What types of work benefits from happening here so that we don't have people going, oh, The company says I need to come in three days a week. So I come in my three days a week and I'm basically in a chat room and I don't see anybody because I'm on calls all day. That doesn't make sense, y'all. It just doesn't make sense. So I'd like for us to keep the same energy and 
deconstruct all these different aspects of work that we once held sacred. How about, I don't know, I'm just going to throw out random things like the paycheck every two times a week, one solid number. Like we need to take apart and deconstruct everything, I think, and see, okay, what really, really works. That's the energy I want us to carry forward. All right. <laughs> she brushed off her shoulders with such a flom. Uh, <laughs> all right. One little bonus question. This isn't even on the script. This Ow. is how crazy I'm getting. So that's what you want to see continue. Yes. What do you think didn't get the start it should have in 2022? Or what do you want to see start in 2023? Because it's been long enough. Okay. So this is going to be a weird answer, but... It is the year of our Lord, 2023. We cannot understate the role of technology and how we work. And I think we got, okay, we're doing Zoom, we're doing Teams. And then we got to the middle of this mountain and thought it was the top. But how can we use technology to make people who are at home feel like they're in the room? I would have thought by now that we would have had remote people as robots, like, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? I mean, come on, the Jetsons was so long ago. Let's get on with this here. So I think we need to go further in exploring the role of technology and how we experience work and how we connect with each other beyond just what we've gotten used to. Yeah, I agree. I love it. All right. That is it for our 2023 trends. It's a very strange time. I think a lot of employees are feeling it and rightfully so. I love the point about employers do not sacrifice those long-term things. Correct. Don't do it. We say it again and again and again, like your business is made up of your people. Your people do the work of your company. So treating them well. We've got a whole host of surveys, research reports that we did with Gallup last year about well-being and how broad that can be. We've also talked about how you can fall into some traps there as well. So going into 2023, trying to have a comprehensive look at all these things, like you said, deconstruct Mm -hmm. these commonly held either beliefs or assumptions or now feels like the time. We figured out hybrid work to an extent. Let's just keep going forward. I know. I think we need to but why everything. Yeah. Yeah. The year of but why. Yeah. But why? Why do we do it like that? Yeah. But why? And because we have always done it that way is not an acceptable answer. One of my least favorite phrases (laughs) at work, just in general. And people over policy. That's going to be my last thing. (laughs) People over policy. I love that. Okay. It's 2023. The year of but why. Michelle Martin. What a great episode. (laughs) Thank you so much. No problem. My pleasure. 